This is the Reading Aloud Podcast. I'm Marisol Collette. And I'm Adam Collette. And you love us, because we love you. We sure do. And let's get to today's conversation. (laughs) The other day we're at the fertility clinic, and I said something that occurred to me while I was there that then I asked you in the car on the way home, I wanted to know your experience about it. And we had Uh had a little, mm, this fertility journey has been different than the last one in that there's not quite the same level of enthusiasm. And that's just because we're tired. We didn't want to be here necessarily. Um, We're grateful for the opportunity. And I definitely feel hopeful because we have 14 follicles. Oh, yeah. When they thought I only had 10. And we'll see. It's exciting. Yeah. But when we were there, I don't know, I felt like your interest waning a little bit. And I was just like, I've done so much of this alone. I had to do my first two shots without you, which I'd never done before. I've been to appointments without you, which I've never done before. And all this is because we've got Neo and juggling all of those pieces. But yeah, it's just been a little bit more like, I'm going to just go do this. Let me just go do this. But it has fallen on me, obviously, in ways that would have naturally and then also because of that. So I was like, is he yawning? in the middle of this 10 minute appointment. So I approached you about it. And so then it was a little hard for me to then approach you about something else, even though it wasn't like a feedback or criticism to Uh you or problem uh with you. But you know, you get those little prickles out when you have a moment of tension. You're like, am I on the defense? Do I need to be cautious? Am I walking on eggshells? It's vulnerable to hold somebody else accountable. And then immediately when when you do that, or feel like you need to and kind of voice and immediately when you do that, you automatically feel guilty. Isn't that funny? Yeah, I think that's pretty universal. And that's uh, I think it is also I think that the art of raising an issue or giving feedback in the moment or, or setting calling, a boundary or setting a boundary is becoming increasingly difficult because people are more and more uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. Why now? People feel tender, like they're being and maybe that's just around. yeah. I mean, maybe it's not that way. Maybe actually people feel more empowered. Maybe that was just me coming from like a male perspective. Hmm. Yeah. Like the sensitivity levels are up or something like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I hear a lot of folks in their jobs say to the degree of, yeah, I had my evaluation and, you know, it was like, fine. We just kind of, you know, like nobody gives real good constructive feedback anymore. Yeah, I think that that's probably been, that's probably been going on. And, you know, or you say it and you're like, Hey, I need you to do this. But, you know, if it doesn't work out, you know, it's like immediately you're you're like, I don't want to upset this person or deal with conflict. That said, you know, we worked through that pretty quickly, but then something else happened and I was afraid to bring it up, even though, again, it wasn't criticism. But I was like, are we even in the right space to have this conversation? Is he going to think that I mean something else? Is he going to get defensive? Are we prickly? Well, you asked me if I would make you a cup of coffee. Right. So it wasn't anything that came up again. It was just the way that you were like no no other conflict arose after. And as you said, we worked through that pretty quickly. We got on the same page. It was all good. But then you you, we were in the lobby and you were having to go back to sign something. And you asked me to make you a cup of coffee. And that's where you kind of had those feelings of like, am I doing too much right now or Mm -hmm. whatever you can describe it? 
Right. So two things that were important. One, we were in a building where somebody could overhear us. One other person was in the building with us. It's a small office. Yes. And she is, it's important to note, she's from the South. Um, She's from this area and has that Southern kindness. And also, you know, I worried a little bit of how it and it was so unconscious this is what I said I said hey babe would you mind to make me a little cup of coffee the cup of coffee is the same size whether I say little or not it's the cup of coffee that comes out of the Keurig I did press the smaller button on you the did it well no because it, that's the better way to do it on a Keurig why but you get a darker I think deeper... so yeah you like it better that way oh, I've interesting. run this experiment before <laughs> nice Okay, cool. But no, I was just saying that as a jokey thing. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, it, it is basically the same size. Right, right, right. It's it's hitting a button. And I didn't mean I wanted a littler cup of coffee, right? I meant just make me a little cup of coffee. I noticed as I was go- as I was walking away, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I was I said it in that mousy way of like, oh, can I have a little cup of coffee? You know, and in, and I was like, why didn't I just say, hey, babe, will you make me a cup of coffee? And I was like, because that feels too demanding, too directive, too firm, strong, whatever. And I was like, and this woman's going to overhear me. And what if she thinks these are these are sub these are subconscious deep thoughts that I recognize? What if she thinks I'm like bossy or tell my husband what to do? And worried that the dynamic, whether I she whether she would ever feel this way or not, of like the southern woman and how that dynamic with men is I was like, I just, ah, and then because of the conflict, I'm like, little cup of coffee, little cup of coffee. And I just, it's so just hard. sneak it on in there. Yeah, please, just a little, please, just real just quick. Just a little bit, it'd be so easy. Or if I had said, hey, quick. can you make me a cup of coffee real quick? Like something to ease. Oh, I love a good real quick. I, I say it real quick. So. All the time. Do you do it for the same reason? Totally. Okay. It's like it's like you try to make it a softer landing on folks. That's what the little cup was. So I get in the car and I say, can I ask you a question? And I'm like, oh, gosh, he's going to get defensive because things we're already in a thing. And I was like, it's not about you. I'm curious about your opinion. When I said, can you make me a little cup of coffee? How did that land? Because this is what I should have said to just be clear and direct. Can you make me a cup of coffee, please? And your answer was? I, I, I wasn't nearly on the same level of analyzing the little cup of coffee as you were at that time. But after the fact, I think, you know, my answer is I actually prefer when you ask me that more direct, in a more direct way. It's just clearer and it is it communicates kind of like trust and intimacy and, you know, there's a lot of things out in the world where you just wish people were like direct on stuff. I'm not saying that like I will fully admit I have issues sometimes in our relationship with you being kind of overly direct in a way that I don't find helpful. This was not one of them. And I think so it, that, that conflicts a little bit with what I'm saying. But I do generally say like it communicates to me when you're direct that, yeah, there's trust, connection. We're not walking on thin ice around each other. Mm -hmm. And that's really important. Now, I did say that there are two things that I think complement directness that are really, really important. Recognition when something's happened. So if you're direct, we'll take this example. Will you make me a cup of coffee? Yes. 
you go, you do your thing in the back, you come back, you get the cup of coffee. Hey, I really appreciate that you did that. Like that makes the directness all good because it was there. Now, if you're being direct and then you're not recognizing the person's actions in response to you, I think that that then tends on a little, you know, then, like commanding. Then it's like commanding. you're my assistant. I expected this of you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I will also say that, like, I find when I am vulnerable or direct with the person, when I turn around and recognize their response to me that was helpful, you know, or their reaction to my directness that was helpful, that makes me let go of some of that kind of tension that I was holding on to from being vulnerable or direct in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so it's helpful to like have that release because as we said, when you're direct or you're calling somebody out on something, that's an anxiety inducing Mm -hmm. moment to however big or small degree it needs to be. Mm -hmm. But like there's a little bit of anxiety that comes in there. And I find when I compliment the person on hearing me, thank you for listening or something, it helps me release Mm -hmm. some of that Mm -hmm. anxiety. And maybe that's in a caretaking way, but that's just me. The second thing is being direct is fine, but being direct without recognizing the context in which or or what that person is doing, like seeing them in what they're doing. So if somebody comes into a room and another person is really busy hauling something or like shuffling, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking like yeah. shuffling so, papers. No. <laughs> I don't know why that was coming to my mind. That, let's use the coffee example. If you yeah. had a handful of medications that you were taking out to the car and I said, hey, will you make me a cup of coffee, please? And, you know, that's fine. But like, I think the more attuned thing is to say, hey, when you're done with that, do mm-hmm. you mind, you know, will you make me a cup of coffee? Mm-hmm. That lets the other person know that like, yes, I'm being direct, but I'm also recognizing where you are at and what you are doing in this moment. Mm -hmm. And that, again, instills confidence in that other person. So like being direct is all good, but I think there's some caveats to it Mm -hmm. that really help set the other person up for success. It's Mm -hmm. like an attuned directness. How many people out there do you think their brains are bleeding right now? Like this is very specific stuff, but it is so important to you. I guess I'm listening to you talk because I'm going to reflect it back, the summarization in sort of a high level way. And as I'm thinking about it, I'm hearing you and I'm like, whoa, brain bleed. What do you think? I think it's probably it sounds a lot more complicated than it is. That's what I'm Um, thinking. It's not hard. Okay. Um, So what I would say, and this is just in summarization, is that the directness is actually the best way to go about it because it saves time and energy and it gets right to the point and there's no wishy-washy. Because the other thing that you said in the car was if the wishy-washiness is in there or the like trying to make it smaller or whatever, it actually, you said it makes you question whether or not it brings in the like, do I want to do that? And we never got around to hearing why. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about still being direct. I'm not talking about like a compliment sandwich. Yeah. Right. Where you're like butter the person up, deliver some news, you know, hide it. Like, no, we're talking about being direct. Mm -hmm. So there's just an attunement around. Pause there. That has been one of my greatest learnings from you, because my initial thought was all these soft landings is because you're too fragile. And that was what confused me the most around your need and love for appreciations. I'm like, why do I have to just 
kid glove everything with you. And that has been my greatest learning is that that's not what it is. Yeah, I mean, I that's exactly right. And I'm, I'm glad that that has come across in our relationship. When there's the, the mousiness, as we were talking about it, or the trying to like minimize it, minimize an ask, minimize something, it just opens a doorway, however small, for you to question even what you're doing or to be like, this doesn't feel as satisfying. Okay, so know? here's what my prediction is on that. People don't like it when other people play small, even though the patriarchal setup is for people to play small, particularly women and people of color, right? Like people play small, but energetically, it doesn't feel good. People like energetic matches. And when you put yourself in a place of making yourself small, the other person all of a sudden assumes dominance. And that is what I hear you saying is that doesn't feel good. It makes you be like, eh, do and the, this is the natural inclination to be like, should I not do it? Which is a dominant stance in a way comes up. Yeah, I think so. And I think that that's a big myth that and people play into that. People feel like they want to feel dominant in a situation, but then it's actually not satisfactory at the end. Yeah. And because it, it, you know, leaves you empty, empty, right? You don't have the connection anymore because you've just dominated somebody with your words or actions. So then what you were saying is it feels better to be direct and it feels kind to recognize the situation they're in. So just at least name, you've got something going on when you're done. Would you mind to make me a cup of coffee? Or would you make me a cup of coffee, please? And then for me, the way I did that was to say, while I'm going back here. So putting context, you were standing there, I was going back there, it would be helpful if you did that while I was going back there. So I did that part right. The part I didn't do right was when you did it, I didn't even acknowledge it. I just came out and we just started chatting about something else. So I didn't even say, hey, thanks for thanks for making me this cup of coffee or thank you. And that has been difficult for me at times because the like gratitude sandwich or something has always felt like, you know, I'm grateful. Why do I have to say it? Why is it always about this word? Like at, because the whole point of not saying little cup is that I don't want to make more effort. Like that's an extra word I shouldn't have to put in there, but that women often feel like they have to put in there to make themselves feel like they're not being too demanding or too, too whatever. But are gratitudes a burden? Right. So I have always taken them as like, get with the program. You know that I'm grateful. Thank you. Like, I love you. Thank you. What I'm saying is it used to feel like I was just having to constantly placate or tend to your fragility. But it's not that in particular with you, because appreciations are a love language, whereas I don't, I, of course, I like them, but I don't need them in the same way that I need touch, for example, as a love language. But they are for you. So what are you laughing about? No, I was going to say you want touch. You also don't want me to touch anything else because, (laughs) but that doesn't need to be in the podcast. It's just funny. No, I don't want you to touch pin caps and tiny metal things that clink around and scratching the posts of chairs while we're trying to do a freaking podcast. No, I want you to touch my cup of coffee is what I want you to do while you make it. So in particular for you, but also that you're right. I mean, I never even thought of it that way. Is gratitude a burden? I mean, you know what? I think that it's just 
me moving in a fast-paced way in a fast-paced world, I miss opportunities for connection, period. I think you do the same. Not that this is about comparisons, but I just had that thought come up. When you get overly focused on completing a task, you miss opportunities for connection. That's true. Yeah. And that's been brought to your attention before. Like if yeah. you're just full and on. I've, I've worked, you know, I think both of us have worked at our ways in which we can improve on that. It is one of those kind of just micro things that we do within a relationship that because we've had a podcast and we've produced like 180 episodes of this podcast or whatever. Woo-hoo! It's amazing. Celebrate. Then, I mean, we've explored the shit out of our relationship, right? But things like this, like ways in which talked about you being direct here and there, but we've never really talked about like, I think the directness is such a... It comes up, it feels like it comes up in every single relationship. And it feels like people, it's either the, kind of this black and white. And I think that context matters in these situations. And being direct is good. You know, minimizing something isn't necessarily the best. But I think that that's the benefit of people to this podcast is being able to like ignite a conversation about this because yeah. how it shows up in our relationship is probably going to be different how it shows up in another relationship. But hopefully this ignites a conversation. That's the whole and idea. Connection. So exactly. in the beginning of our relationship, I felt a lot like my fiery, excitable, fast paced, direct, bossy, masterful Puerto Rican self gets misunderstood and minimized in the context of where we live in the South. And I always felt like you challenged it in this relationship. Was I missing the point that all along this is what you wanted? Or do you agree that in the beginning it was uncomfortable for you at times? I think after like a a honeymoon period where you're just like, the coolest person you know. Yeah, we both are to each other. You know, we're just like boom, 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 you boom. You really boom. were emphasis on were. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But like, I feel like after that, yeah, it, it definitely, it definitely got to me, and I've had to learn how to show up as my authentic self and know actually what I want to be able to give you the constructive feedback that you need, that you deserve to be able to receive that from me. It started by strengthening how I'm showing up in the relationship. It started by understanding like what do I actually want in this situation and not just saying like I wish you wouldn't do that. Mhm. I don't think you answered my question. What is it that you was it that you didn't appreciate my directness? I mean there's it's so complex cuz I also probably I think was... I oversimplified your directness. Okay. And I think I simplified it into you know, that kind of you not really seeing me, mm-hmm. you know, and you just being a little like egotistical right. about. So there stuff. was so there was some misunderstanding. I probably misused that because it's a great protective mechanism of just like if I'm louder, I'm going to I'm going to be the winner. And now I'm better understanding you partially because you better understand you, but I'm better understanding how it's not about directness. It's about how the directness is not delivered. Cause again, we're not talking about fragility and kid gloves, but how the thoughtfulness and yeah, that you're thinking about the other person while being direct. Exactly. Okay. You know, and I mean, and that's why like, 
it's that tune directness because like you never want to dampen somebody's spirit or shine because they need to be aware of everybody else. That's not the goal. When you're in relationship, you are also trying to collaborate on something. So all of that comes with you're just attuned into the other person. You don't lose yourself. I think that's the thing about marriage that makes it difficult is that it's a huge learning. You know, a lot of people will say to me, I'm so good at being single. And I felt that too. I just do my own thing. I had relationships at work and I had friendships that I had to navigate. But for sure, being in a marriage, I have had to understand that daily constant collaboration with somebody that in the same way that maybe a work colleague is a little bit less you know, it's like, I don't want difficulty with them. But if I if it happens, I'm not gonna, you know, it's not the end of my marriage, the end of my pa- marriage would be a huge loss or like a riff in the marriage because of this would be a huge loss. There's it's so much more, so much more motivation to fix it or, or work with it. If these conversations aren't necessarily had in a marriage, people then just kind of get into their own lanes within a marriage. And they're kind of like, they're one person in the marriage, they're a different person over here, and they kind of put on these characters. And that eventually is unsustainable, because behaving in a certain way to appease the marriage or your partner is not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And so compromise and collaboration within a marriage isn't completely changing who you are so that the other person can be comfortable or like, yeah, like oh, you said, dull, you didn't turn dull yeah. spirit or the essence of the person. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Having these conversations and being open about it is an important aspect. Yeah. And I and part of what I also have learned over time is the value of collaboration. I liked who I am and I do like who I am. But do I like who I am more with you? Uh, probably. And it like, I see you laughing, but I mean, like, does it make me a better person? Does it make me feel better about myself to make these changes? And I think the, the best outcome is that it makes you feel better. And it make that mean that we are stronger. But yeah, I mean, I like myself both ways. I mean, I used to be a crazy firecracker. But that didn't really, I don't know, I can see where that didn't serve me. And my friends were always like, you just you just pop off, girl. You're just popping off. Yeah. I think we also you were the, don't like, recognize... cool, relaxed kid with no worries. Yeah, and I would be spon- Yeah, no worries. Be spontaneous. And now and... you have lots of worries and you're not cool or relaxed because mm-hmm. we're collaborating. <laughs> People have like, oh, before I was married, then it was like I was this person and I was this age. And people forget that like we kind of also change as individuals. And and that's okay. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Like I would be a different solo single person now than I was when I was 24. Can I say one more thing? You sure can. Character and caricature are two different words. Caricature. Caricature is not a word. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) But I heard what you were trying to say. And it would be character. Character. Not trying to be play a character in your Caricature. caricature caricature is like the drawing, the drawing. and yeah. then caricature is not, not a word, word. <laughs> it's kind of an in-between it was in fact an in yeah it's like this drawing that you have of yourself in your head oh, okay so now you've made it make sense yeah make exactly. it make sense you did it okay bye love you bye 
Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.